0: Another Way to Play, episode 55.
1: This is Carrie Hertzberger, founder of Carrie Cares. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my friend, Hans Strazina.
0: Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the nine-to-five rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is somebody who I'm really excited to bring on because I think our conversation was really rich and full of great advice for you guys. She is somebody who early on in her life, uh, really thought that she was stuck on the nine to five. Uh, she was actually a teacher and really focused on that safety security or that the thought of it um, and was not thinking entrepreneurially, not thinking that she would ever own a business or run a business in any capacity, but is now doing just that. She actually describes a, a moment when um, she read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss as a favor to her husband to get him to stop bugging her about reading it. Uh, This is, of course, Carrie Herzberger, who is now the founder of Carrie Cares, which is an online education company for young school-aged children who are struggling in school to kind of learn, stay focused, and, and frankly fit in. Carrie, in this conversation, talks about how she uh, took her 10-year tenure- teaching career, saw a need in the market, changed the way she was approaching it, uh, approaching education, and started to take her, her efforts online and then has evolved from there. Uh, she draws some really great distinctions between business, uh, working in a business and working on a business, as well as uh, has a tagline that I think is really worth digging into called Learn Something Different, Somewhere Different, and Learn Differently. So you're gonna wanna listen up for our conversation on that as well. Uh, Guys, before we get into the show, uh, head down into the show notes. uh, Take a look for my Calendly link. I'd love to connect with you one-on-one uh, so you can do that down in my uh, in my calendly link in the show notes. Um, get on my calendar. Let's have a quick chat. Just get to know each other a little better. I'd love to just connect with you, figure out how to make the podcast better, figure out who you are and, and how it can keep providing value to you because it's really what this is all about is connecting and, and meeting one another. If the show is uh, bringing you value and you're enjoying it, Um, Getting something out of it, head over to iTunes and leave me a quick rating and review because it would really help me um, gain that feedback as well as uh, keep helping the show grow. Without any further ado, I'm going to bring in my interview with Carrie Herzberger. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm excited to get into some good conversation with you.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, we went through your bio just a few minutes ago. So you, you've got a lot of different stuff going on and, and an, an interesting journey of how you got there. But let's let's back up and, and build a little bit of context before we get into that. Let's talk about kind of where your journey began.
1: Oh boy. Well, since I'm in education now, I'll start with when I was in fifth grade. I started my own school. I guess it was a a fifth graders version of a side hustle. I didn't charge any money for it, but I had registration packets that went out to all the neighbors. The parents enrolled their kids. I had a variety of classes. I even had a couple friends who I hired unofficially, you know, no payment again, Mm -hmm. as teachers. And I think it ran for two years. It was wow. called Carry Saturday Side School. At the time, I had no aspirations to be a teacher or really even in education. I probably knew I was going to do something related to children. I had my mindset on law or social work, something like that related to, to family and kids. But then eventually I made, made myself uh, as a teacher and now I do what I do now outside the school system.
0: That's that's really funny. So so from that early age, you had a, a, a clear road towards education and uh, towards sort of entrepreneurial ventures as well.
1: Yeah. I just, I didn't know it at the time. I still was, I guess if, you know, if you asked me, I probably wouldn't have known what an entrepreneur was. I never really would have thought that I would do my own thing. I was just going to do the regular job route mm-hmm. um, and I did for quite a while. It was a a transition to realize that anything else was possible
0: when you say regular job route i 'm assuming you're talking about you know go to school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, get a job, you know get the the kind of nine to five world and and do the quote unquote regular thing
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought I was going to do you know, some kind of family law practice or be a a social worker working with um, disadvantaged kids. I ended up as a teacher, but it was definitely still, I am going to, someone else is going to hire me and I am going to work for them doing what I do.
0: So we can kind of fast forward through that, especially into education. That's a very sort of traditional model that I think a lot of us learn that model that we just talked about through observation and through interactions with our teachers and peers at school. Um, But then you sort of took a different route, which clearly showed its, showed its head (laughs) as a fifth grader. Um, But where let's, let's go to that moment when you, when you transitioned into more of an entrepreneurial uh, venture and talk about sort of your mindset, the moment when it, or if there was a moment, or paint that kind of picture to to give some context around that around that switch for yourself,
1: It was part accident, part convenience, and part favor to my husband mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all all three of those fields played in, so I taught in the classroom for ten years, and when I had kids, I thought there was no way I could be an awesome mom and an awesome teacher, and be able to divide my energy appropriately, and be equally awesome at both, Um, and so I had wanted to leave the classroom, but I wasn't really sure if I could, or what I would be doing, at the same time, my husband was obsessed with Tim Ferriss, and the four-hour work week, and he would not shut up about the book, the four-hour work week, Um, and finally, I was like, okay, I'm just going to read it as a favor, just to get you to stop talking about it, Uh, And of course, I wanted to tell him all the reasons why it wasn't possible and it couldn't be us and, and, you know, working in an online business or working for yourself is only for the lucky few and not people like us. And then eventually I just realized, well, if I want to leave the classroom, then I've got to do something. So why not give it a try? And I also, at the same time, started tutoring a lot. It was all in person, but my tutoring business exploded and I got to the point where I had more clients that I can serve. I had to turn people away. And I realized that getting myself online was the first step in serving more people and then getting into designing a life the way I wanted it. And it it all spiraled from there.
0: So backing up to like that first moment when your husband's bugging you about the four-hour work week, because I think a lot of people have read that and probably had similar reactions to what you you just said. Um, I ask a question to a lot of guests, like talk about something early on in your career that a lot of people tried to talk you out of, but it sounds like you were actually the person trying to talk him out of it.
1: <laughs> yep. I was totally trying to t- talk him out of it. Like you're crazy. And that's not entirely fair because he already had his own business that was up and running. Um, but it, it wasn't a freedom of time, freedom of place style business. He mm-hmm. was very much drawn to the area, had to set hours that he had to work and had to go to work or he was going to lose his contracts. Mm-hmm. So while he was self-employed, I couldn't really connect how it could look different to create a life that we wanted for each other. Um, so I was totally trying to talk him out of it. And then when I read the book, I realized that the title is kind of a misnomer, and even Tim Ferriss talks about that now. Um, and it it just made me get really excited about automation. And I realized that I could automate my life, and not every part of my life, but just by automating certain things in my life, it could free up more time for me to do what I wanted and be the mom that I wanted. And then I realized, oh, if I'm doing that, maybe I could work on a business.
0: Interesting. So, so, you, so really that book sort of represents the like BCAD transition of, of Carrie, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So really it's it's less about like, oh, let's create this four-hour a week business online and lay on the beach the rest of the time, but let's let's be smarter, use technology, use modern innovation um to sort of leverage out our time in a more effective way. And that's that's it sounds like that's what took place for you.
1: Exactly. And the the whole idea that it wasn't lazy to do those things. You know, you hear the term four-hour work week mm. and you think, oh That's lazy. What else are you going to do the rest of the time? I'm not someone who likes to sit around and do nothing. I don't really watch a lot of TV. I don't put my feet up very much. What am I going to do? And then hearing Tim Ferriss talk about, like, it doesn't mean that you're doing nothing. It means that you have all this time to do all of the other things you want to do.
0: Gosh, there's like, my brain is going in like 10 different directions, but let's go this way. Um, You started as this person, this, so to say, naysayer of your husband in like this four-hour work week. Shut up, I'll read this book. Okay, fine. Now it's like, you read the book, you're like, oh, we're not just talking about like not providing value in the world and not, you know, being... Productive, basically, we're we're actually like there's practical strategies of ways to actually get thing all the things we want to do done in a 24 hour day, and ways to sort of leverage our time and our money and our all of that type to create a life you want. Exactly. Can you give us a, a like a more concrete example? Because we're getting a little heady here um, for the listeners on like how that actually showed up in your life after that sort of transition into the to the leveraged um, time world and, and starting to take some of your business online?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely been a process. And I only feel, gosh, that was four or five years ago. And I only feel like now am I finally hitting a stride where I've been able to balance being a mom because family is number one for us. So being a mom and figuring out how to move forward with my business consistently. But the, the process before that looked like um, me driving around, tutoring my students, Realizing that wasn't working, I got everyone online. It took me about six months to get all convince all of my clients that online is the way to go, and that I could actually serve them better. And then, add to my client base because I suddenly was cutting out hours of driving time. I've shifted. I I keep shifting in response to the needs of my clients, and I'm finally at a place where my shift has led me to being able to serve more students more effectively in a shorter amount of time through group coaching and course sales, um, which is opening up more time for me to work on the business instead of in the business. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm still coaching and interacting with all of the clients, but it it looks different now. So I prioritize my days that, that early mornings are for me, mm-hmm. morning through lunchtime are family time with my kids, and then afternoons even though the exhaustion's setting in afternoons mm-hmm. are, I work on my business and then in the late afternoons and evenings, I see clients. Mm-hmm. And as I phase in my, my course and group programs, I'll be phasing out some of my one-on-one. So my, my time will look different again.
0: What's really interesting. And, and one of the things that I really wanted to have you on to talk about was that you started out as a teacher um, for effectively in your personal in in your career rather, um, which is not traditionally like an entrepreneurial venture. And I think most people would say it's a pretty typical sort of nine to five thing, except for you get summers off. And, I, and I'm wondering what kind of mindset shift took place for you uh, to really ultimately own this? Cause yes, like the practicality of like leveraging at your time and getting an assistant or, or doing some, you know, something more efficient with, with clients is one thing, but like really turning that into sort of a lifestyle and a business to me is something very different. Cause you said your husband at the time was even quote unquote, an entrepreneur, but he was sort of tied to a location and, and serving people for time. Like what, what was that big change in that moment for you that, that took you from teacher to true entrepreneur business owner
1: realizing that I could serve the needs of my students and their families much better from outside the system. I, I taught for ten years in the classroom and I taught in some wonderful schools and you know every school did the best they could and and I believe the system is doing the best it could, even though it has shortcomings. but you know let's face it, what system doesn't have mm-hmm. shortcomings it's just The world we live in—it's impossible not to. Um, But I found that when I was able to do things my own way and change and adapt and work with kids and their families, it just made all the difference in the world for them. And then I—I kind of had to get to the point of, well, how can I make these changes and for them and still make money and time for me? Because Mm if you know, even if I'm online, I can still only see so many clients in a week. Mm -hmm. They're in school. Most of them are in school during the day. So there's only evenings. I want to be there when I put my kids to bed at night. So I have limited time that I can actually see students one-on-one still.
0: Mm-hmm. You said that it serves the way that you're running your business now and, and the ability to, to basically make those decisions, pivot and do whatever it is you need to do. Um, what, are, what are the ways that you're seeing that you're, you're more effective relative to the service of your clients and, your, and, the, and their families? Like, can you give us a tangible example of that?
1: Yeah, so, so in school, I feel like we're always putting a Band-Aid on whatever a student is experiencing, whether it's a behavior or a learning disability or, you know, whatever it is, we're putting on the Band-Aids. We're figuring out how to help them get to the next step. Um, anxiety is rampant. We're bringing in psychologists and counselors. And by the time students come to me, their confidence is shot. They feel Mm. like they can't do anything. They feel like they suck at everything. So therefore, they don't want to do anything. They don't Mm want to get started. Every goal that's set for them is too big, too far away, and they just feel like they're not going to accomplish it. So what I do is go deep down and start from the beginning to rebuild confidence. Um, And I don't really do it in the same way that you may – hear about it in school or through your school counselor or, you know, that's going to be on the IEP or 504 if your child has a, a special learning plan. I, I look at it much more from a, what the personal development world would say to an adult trying to become a better human being.
0: Can you, what does that look like? Because I'm really seriously interested in this because I wish this is something that was available to me when I was that age.
1: Um, don't we all?
0: Uh, Seriously.
1: So my my whole program centers around small wins. Um, A win is something that can happen right now or very soon that is actionable and can easily be evaluated. Yes, I did it or no, I didn't. You know, for example, Mm -hmm. tie your shoes. That could be a win because you could do it right now. And then Mm -hmm. you could say, hey, I did it. Now, if I said go clean your room, that's not a win. Yes, you could get started right now, but it's not gonna happen in the next couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. If you know you're an ADHD teenager, you're probably gonna have a messy room. And then it's like, well, did you do it? Didn't you? Is my room really clean? Well, I don't know. What's the definition of clean? There's no real cut end example and it takes too long and it's too much to do. So that's not a win. Mm-hmm. It's all around setting wins um tracking them, and then adding on more wins. The key being that the wins have to be relevant to the person who's setting them. They can't be what you and I tell them it should be. Yeah. It has to be what that child wants the win to be, even if it sounds stupid to you and me.
0: Absolutely, because... I mean, my, my wife is a, is a fitness coach and does health mentoring with, with a lot of women, a lot of her clients, and she's on the phone setting goals, doing check-ins every week. And it's all driven by by the client i hear one half of those conversations regularly and it's always about like how did you feel about that what success rate would you give yourself you know what would you like to see better for next week or what and it's like very client driven and a lot of questions so it sounds like you do something pretty similar with with some of these kids
1: yeah exactly and and as from the parents perspective sometimes that's really difficult because we see what we want our kids to do, we see what we think they should do. We see what we think their goals are, but when they're feeling so defeated, because the kids I work with are really in that place of feeling so defeated, those wins just aren't relevant to them. You know, they're mm-hmm. not thinking about the end of the quarter and the five hundred dollars they're going to get for getting honor roll. They're thinking about how am I going to drag myself out of bed and get myself to school because all day is going to suck. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, those bigger wins that, that you and I may see as more relevant to them will come later, but you have to start at the beginning with something they care about and they can do literally right now.
0: I mean, it honestly sounds like that's pretty good advice for, <laughs> for most adults who are trying to, you know, improve their lives or improve their situation in some way.
1: It, it totally is. I use the strategy for myself all the time.
0: And when you're like thinking about back to when you kind of started this business and have, and have taken this progression, like if you were to do it over again, knowing what you know in the system that we just talked about for the last couple of minutes, like how, how would you apply that to, you know, fresh out of the box entrepreneur carry?
1: Oh man, I would say this goes back way far for me. Don't take school so seriously to be really engaged, like mentally engaged and practicing what I'm doing. So not just doing it, Mm -hmm. but I guess metacognitively looking at what I'm doing and thinking about it and practicing and getting better. Um, Mm -hmm. Doing isn't just enough, but but adding the step of engaging and analyzing what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and moving forward. And then I guess adding in the third thing of getting help. Um, Mm -hmm. I tried for a very long time. I tried to do it on my own because you can, there's enough knowledge out there to learn how to do this stuff on your own. But there's so much knowledge that you don't know how to sort through it. You don't know what to implement. And I was just all over the place for so long. I would try something. I wouldn't stick with it long enough. I would bounce around. Um, So finally, like getting a coach and taking a course has really helped me propel forward much faster and, and, you know, get better results for my clients too.
0: Isn't that interesting how, especially when we're kids, cause you work with kids all the time, like it's not weird to have, you know, a music teacher, a sports coach, uh, obviously teachers in school, tutors, you know, SAT prep, all of that stuff. It's like, you go somewhere to learn it, you pay someone to help you, whatever it is. Um, Or you just have a general life mentor or someone in your church or someone in your family or just whatever your situation is. But as soon as we get out, especially out of college, but generally even out of high school, it's like learning stops, mentoring, coaching, you know, instruction stops, and we're expected just to go figure it out. Yeah. Yeah you know, it's like, okay, go get married, go have kids, go start a career. It's like, uh, hi, these are pretty big, pretty big situations that we're expected to deal with on our own. And I love that you said, you know, getting a coach and you would have done that sooner and taken that, that portion more seriously. Cause I, I mean, I can, I'm a personal testament to someone who has gotten coaches and therapists and, you know, life coach and business coach and all the above. Has um, helped me tremendously through a lot of different situations.
1: Yeah. Um, I always say that learning doesn't stop in school and that you should learn something different, learn somewhere different, and learn differently. Um, mm. And that, that applies to not only young kids, but it applies to us adults too. The point you were making about, well, just because you're out of school doesn't mean you're done learning. You should always be learning. I think there can also be an extreme where you're learning too much. Um, I guess you have to be learning and then taking action on what you're learning.
0: So say that, that tagline again, something different, somewhere different and something differently. Is that what you said?
1: Learn something different, learn somewhere different Uh and learn differently.
0: I love that. I'm writing that down. That's really, really fantastic. Thank you for, for sharing that. Relative to going forward, cause I'm, I'm, I am curious, kind of, we are getting towards the end of the time and I want to respect your time, but I do want to round this out. Like you, you've talked already about how you have a limited amount of time in the day to see clients. And so you've leveraged into group classes, you've leveraged into courses. Um, I'm, it sounds like you still do some one-on-one work, but you want to have a life. You want to have a balance Um, and you know, you don't want to spend 80 hours a week necessarily just working, working, working all the time. Like, where do you see yourself going given the fact that we're all constrained by 24 hours? Like, how do you see your, your business morphing and and your progression going from here?
1: I see uh, a lot more coming out of the course side of things. And when I say course, I think that's really undervaluing what, what I am intending to offer with all of my courses. Um they all are gonna involve both a group and one-on-one component. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of power in group, especially mm-hmm. with the the kids and the parents needing support and hearing from people like them. So, you know, it's not like I'm just selling a course that you're looking at some slides or watching some videos and you're done with. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really is a coaching program. It's just that there's also a recorded portion as well. Mm-hmm. And then um i don't know I don't know what the how looks like yet, but i would what I would really like to see is um, start to train my students who go through my program mm-hmm. to be coaches for upcoming mm-hmm. cohorts of students, and then train the parents who are going through the program because it's a student and a parent component. Train those parents to be coaches for the upcoming parents, so mm-hmm. then I can be meeting the needs of so many more clients and while i 'm still interacting with everyone it 's more ha- that part is more hands off for me mm-hmm. and i 'm still meeting the needs of more people
0: that 's awesome well and you know one thing I definitely want to pull out of your story here is it's just the the progression of it like we talked about you know Tim Ferris's book came into your world roughly what five years ago yeah and it's been it 's been a progression, and I think a lot of us read a book like the four hour work week or should I have a pile of desks of books on my desk right now? And any number of one of them can be really overwhelming if you sort of just take it at that face value. But like, this is a progression and this is, you've got there, you know, with steps and incremental improvements and you know, one student online at a time kind of thing. And now here you are basically hiring a sales force and a, and a workforce to help leverage, you know, your mission and your goals and your time specifically from an entrepreneurial standpoint. And I, I just want to say like, you know, your, your story is a really great example of this. Like it, it takes time, but it ha- also happens pretty quickly. And yeah. if, as long as you sort of respect the process and honor it and, and move through it, um, as you said, sort of, oh, with some awareness and, um, Gosh, I don't even know what the other word is. I'm trying to think. But just as a, you know, awareness and trying to meet the needs of the people you're trying to serve in a higher level.
1: Yeah. Um, There there were so many times where I could have very easily said, oh, this really doesn't work. I'm going to stop. But every time I got to one of those phases, I reevaluated and I said, you know, is it worth it for me to keep going? And if it is, and every time I have decided that it is, then what do I need to do differently? what help do I need to get so that I can move forward? Because I sure as heck am I going to make this happen because it's the life that I want and it's also what my clients need.
0: That's really well said. And I've had, mul- I mean, in business and in my sports life, I've had a lot of experiences when I, when I had that um, very conversation with myself. And I can tell you that that inner dialogue and, and having that kind of back and forth is, is critical. It helped me keep going multiple times. Um, but speaking of which, because I like to try and normalize this thing around failure, um, can you, can you just dive in real briefly to one of those moments when you're like, if this isn't working, I'm about to quit and what you did to, to pull yourself out of it and how you kind of worked through it.
1: Yeah. I mean, weeks ago, maybe months, not that long ago, I was just kind of in a downward spiral. My anxiety was through the roof. I was not doing well with anything. Like I was not even that focused on my kids. Like I usually am. And it was rough. And I got to the point where I realized that I was kind of bleeding money out of my business between, Mm -hmm. um, my coach and all the little services I pay for, like, like Zoom that we're recording on now. Um, You know, nothing is a huge expense, but you add the coach in there and suddenly, you know, I'm putting a lot of money out Mm. and I was in the red. And I kind of had this realization of, all right, I have to get going or stop because it makes no sense to be bleeding money. I was tossing around, putting a timeline on it. Like I have to be at least breaking even by a certain time. Um, And I didn't end up putting a timeline on it, but I did end up doing two things. I said, clearly what I'm doing isn't enough to get me to the next level. So I have to do something else. We invested in hiring an au pair, which Mm -hmm. is a a live-in childcare provider. And I invested in a course specifically about launching higher ticket courses. Mm. And... They are, I would think, the two best things that I have ever done in my business decisions. Uh, the Ampere's not here yet. She comes in a couple weeks, but I already feel the relief. I know what my, what my days are going to look like, and it doesn't mean that I'm giving up time with my kids. I'm still going to be spending my entire mornings with my kids, and then she'll be helping in the afternoons. That's the time that I'm usually trying to get my kids to nap, and if they're not napping, I'm still trying to do work while they're busy not napping. And it's kind of looks like a disaster. Um, yeah. And that's where I can bring in the help where I can just say, okay, nap time is your time. Nap time and everything after up until I, I see clients can be outsourced to yeah. a new family member, I'll call her. And then mm-hmm. um, I get that time back for my business and it's um, undistracted time. I don't have to worry about what the kids are doing.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for for sharing that, because that's a that's a really great example. That you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a click funnel or a you know something physically in your business. It could be something outside of it that, like you said in the beginning, frees you up to do the other things. Uh, that you need to do in an undistracted manner. So th- thank you for that example.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, Carrie, this has been awesome. I uh, want to respect your time because I know you've got clients to see, but I uh, want to get to the last five questions here, which is the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? I am ready. First question is what book have you gifted most often?
1: I'm going to try and be different and say The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron.
0: Can you give us just a quick overview? Because you're right, you are different there. I have not heard that one yet.
1: (laughs) Um, She has a, I believe it's 12 weeks, if I remember correctly, where she walks you through a series of journaling activities in restoring your creativity. It's the, the premise that we are all creatives, but we lose it somewhere along the way. I totally resonated with that because I thought I was not creative. And she just kind of walks you through rediscovering your creativity and and how to use it in your life.
0: Awesome. I just Googled it. So I'm going to go check this out after we're done recording.
1: I recommend it to any entrepreneur because we are all in the act of creating all the time.
0: Agreed. If you could get an hour of somebody's time past or present live or dead and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why?
1: I would probably have to say Tim Ferriss, Mm. which is a really funny answer because they don't really even follow him anymore. But since he's the one that started kind of my journey, um, I would like to take it back to that.
0: Mm. That's a uh, great answer. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on?
1: I would say that anyone who has even the slightest means and opportunity should homeschool their kids.
0: That is a, for sure. One of those things. That's great. Um, I won't go down that rabbit hole cause we could do a whole nother episode <laughs> on that, but, um, go down to the show notes and, and hit carry up if you want
1: more on that one.
0: Um, give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day?
1: So my morning routine is super abbreviated. I, uh, I wake up, I make coffee. I try to do it in silence. Um, And while I'm drinking my coffee, I usually listen to, or while it's brewing, I do French press. While it's brewing, I listen to a book. And then by the time I'm drinking it, I am jumping into work um, because I just, I feel charged to work. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes in the afternoon when I'm settling into work is when I'll do like a shifted morning routine and do some exercise, some meditation um, I'm not really consistent with it, though. It's just more like if I need it to get going, mm-hmm. then I will. If not, then I just go right back to work.
0: Based on how you've set your life up, that makes a ton of sense. So thank you for sharing that. It's very different from how a lot of people do it, for sure. Speaking of show notes and connecting with you, what is the best way that we can connect with you online?
1: Right now, Facebook is the best place. I don't have a huge online presence. I'm working on that with the uh, the course I'm taking. Um, really find me on Facebook, shoot me a message is the best way to connect. We'll hop on a phone call, anything like that.
0: Guys, well, I will link to your Facebook and your messenger down in the show notes so you can go uh, connect with Carrie personally if you wanna have a debate about the homeschooling thing or any other things she's brought up because she's got a lot to share. Uh, Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show. I uh, really appreciate your time and the value you brought today.
1: Well, thank you for having me
0: it's my pleasure. And that wraps it up for today, guys. If you liked what Carrie was saying, head over to the show notes. I've got her Facebook and her website down there. Um, Connect with her on Facebook. She's getting a little more social. She's putting out more content there. Um, So go give her a like, uh, give her a comment, and uh, give her some support over there. And while you're down in the show notes, uh, grab a time on my Calendly link so that we can have a conversation, uh, get to know one another a little bit better, and uh, just you know, connect. I'd love to hear who you are, who's listening, what's resonating with you, and how I can keep making the show even better. Worst case scenario, we just get to know each other and have a good conversation. So without any further ado, I'm going to sign it off. This is Hans Strozina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief S-N-A-H on Instagram and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another
1: Way to Play.